Welcome back to the program. This is part two of chapter two, the next initiates. And before we get into that, we got a little bit of business at the top of the show. We got another five-star review on iTunes that I'm going to read. This comes from this comes from 3BG CJ, which is uh, CJ from 3 Black Geeks podcast, which reads, Nostalgia Overload. CJ from 3 Black Geeks here. Fun podcast to listen to, especially the ones on older movies like The Rockets Here and The Shadow. Love both of those movies as a kid. Keep up the great work, guys. Podcast gets me through the day. Again, that is CJ from 3 Black Geeks. And uh, first of all, thanks a lot, CJ. Second of all, we apologize. We just haven't checked our stats over there in a long time. So uh, whenever you posted that review, um, sure, it seemed like it was kind of a while back because we did those episodes that you're referring to last summer and fall. So we want to make sure that that didn't go unnoticed. And uh, for all you listeners out there, check out 3blackgeeks.leibson.com. That's their podcast. And it's kind of cool because actually I listen to them at work or on the way to or from work, depending on the day. They cover a lot of topics such as movies, TV, and uh, how about this? They're also big wrestling fans. I've listened to every once in a while where they do a recap called Wrestle Corner, where they happen to be recapping a recent pay-per-view or a set of episodes or whatnot, some angles that are going on. So uh, another coincidence here is this episode is going to air the same day as Extreme Rules with WWE. I'm sure that CJ and crew will be watching that. So uh, have fun, you guys. Thanks for listening. And thanks for the support. We support you as well. All right, now let's get down to ringside. People, my next guest is another one of my brothers during the time span that we're going to cover with this wrestling. He was the youngest in the family. Uh, he is no longer anymore uh, for about 16 years and counting now. But but yes, he was the youngest back then. And the thing about this guy is that he was, I, I, I can describe him as a tad unorthodox. He always comes at you from slightly a different angle, slightly outside the box. That's definitely one of the characteristics I can describe him with. But as far as pro wrestling, he followed in the footsteps of all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my brother Nelson. The Electric Fence. If you're gonna explode, you can use the commode in igloos, cake dwellings, or tents. No need to explain when you got a drain. Nelson, what up, man? What's up, man? What's going on? Good. Glad, glad to have you on here, man. Yeah, I was worried uh, that we wouldn't be able to make this just with our uh, erratic scheduling crunch. and whatnot. Yeah, the time crunch. Yeah, I figured that would end up happening, but yeah. we, we got it. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. So, um, first of all, man, um, just one question we always ask everybody uh, we have on here, just the question. And you've heard the show before, so uh, how far back do you remember? Of uh, wrestling? Uh, anything. Uh, everything. <laughs> like uh, I know, I know a lot of the stuff is memories that like uh, I may have like vague pieces of uh, from you know one, two, three years old. Uh, you know the old apartments, stuff like that. Um, 
and like shows we used to watch, but it would be stuff that I'd see later, and I'm not sure if it's memories from you guys talking about stuff and me like filling in the gaps, or if it's me actually remembering the stuff. But I remember, you know, uh, little little door hoops on the old door at the old house, and uh, Jewel and freaking Voltron, like all that type of stuff. So yeah. I got a, got a pretty deep memory. It's just I don't know how much of it is uh, what you'd say. Uh, fabricated from from going back in time mentally right right yeah because I know that you I mean yeah I mean um, not to bring up uh, sad memories like this but I mean just our grandfather Papa he passed you know you were barely two years old you know not even you know like one and a half when that happened and you still remember him so I mean your memory does go yeah. back pretty far yeah yeah it definitely does I remember being at that uh the old house, uh, you know, uh, Granny and Papa's old house, and you yeah, know, Kinlock. he'd always, yeah, Kinlock, and he'd always do the uh, look over there or what's that, and yank my pants down, and, uh, pamper out, and I'm like, dog, I fell for it again. <laughs> like I, I remember that. I remember at least ten, fifteen different times that it happened because most of the time it was near a couch, but then once or twice it was in a kitchen, and it was like I don't know three or four t- chairs around a tiny table. That's what I remember. But, wow. Yeah. And yeah. The cabinets and whatnot. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, would, I mean, that house, of course, is no longer standing, man. But it would be awesome if we could go back to it right now and just see what it looks like now as adults. Because, I mean, yeah. back then, I knew it was a small place. But, I mean, it probably seems so much bigger as a as kid. kid. Going there yeah. now, it's like probably like half the size of this living room right here. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. yeah. But, uh, but, but, yeah, so that's... uh that's we've established you know how far back you can remember in general but what about wrestling man oh wrestling i got a i got a i guess you'd say an unfair advantage with that because uh with you guys you know started watching i don't know whenever you guys really got back into it or got into it yeah i want to say that was yeah because i mean wwf days because i don't care about that wwe crap that that, it is what it is to me but whatever yeah, because uh, that was a 90, you know, okay, so I want to say, I mean, there were period, there was a there was a brief moment in the late 80s where I wasn't watching anymore and then was in it for good, I mean, uh, and then Joey, when he started watching, yeah. he was, well, he got into it, you know, because of us, and mm-hmm. of course you being his, uh, you know, you guys being what, like, just shy of two years apart, you know, you followed a lot of what he did, and yep. so... YouTube became so you you became a wrestling fan and that was that was like 91 92 and uh we talked about some of the past episodes when we recorded all those tapes from uh WCW and uh, (laughs) WWF (laughs) (laughs) the first thing that comes to my mind is he's dumb he's sick (laughs) oh not that no 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 no. I'm talking about the videotapes that we recorded uh, the shows off of oh we haven't gotten into uh when we used to actually try to record promos on cassette tapes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you, you say that for a later date. Cause that's, yeah, that's well, you know, I've already established, man. Me and Ray pretty much, inv- we invented podcasting. It was just on done on cassette oh, tapes yeah, back course. then, but, you know, it's the same concept. I, yeah, podcasting We've been and, doing that uh, shit since we were, like, seven years old. Yeah, and uh, live internet uh, uh, feeds of, of sports events. You guys were sports center before sports center was sports center. Tell you that much. I remember the track meets, you know. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably another story too. But uh, yeah, yeah. But but so you were about to you were getting there, 
uh, when you were talking about your influences. So, yeah, I want you to talk about this, man. I mean, uh, your grandfather. Oh, uh, yeah. So, he, if there was a beginning to wrestling and he had a TV, I think he probably was one of the first fans. I don't know how far back he <laughs> went, but I kid you not, he was born in like 1918, 1919. So, before you know wrestling ever was started at least in this sense and uh you know i remember hearing my mom and my uh you know a couple of aunts and uncles saying that he would take them to wrestling events when they came through st louis and this is the actual wwf and i think uh wcw he was mostly in wwf but he did do a little bit of wcw yeah um, now there was some no... of the other smaller uh wrestling i i guess you, i can't really call them franchises or Nah, they were uh, companies, but they were some of the satellites. Yeah, territories. Some, there was no. Yeah, at the time there was no WCW. It was all you had the WWWF. If you're going back as far as like when he was he was watching. Yeah. And then you had yours became the WWF. Then you had you know these NWA territories like the USWA, the AWA. Yeah. You know all ECW these little. You eventually. Right. Right. So <coughs> that you know that of course came much later, but um. Yeah, and then also to clarify for folks. Yeah, we're brothers. You know, we have different. We have different moms. Of course, that was never an issue for us. You know, blood is blood, brothers is brothers, sisters, whatever. But do have a whole different set of relatives that you know I only know a handful of. Um, and yeah, your grandfather. I knew uh, somewhat, but I mean, obviously, you know, didn't spend a whole lot of time with him. But I do remember when I got out of wrestling pretty much for good. At that point, um, I had all these wrestling tapes and was about to throw them away. And your mom said, "No, no, no! Give them to me. I'll give them to my dad." Yeah. And uh, but but back to him. So you're talking about your grandfather and just how far he went back. Because um, St. Louis is a wrestling city. You know what I'm saying? They, I mean, you you hear uh, wrestlers talk about it. Wrestlers from back in the 60s, 70s, 80s on forward. You know, they love coming through here. Um, we talk about how much history. Uh, definitely, definitely. There was. Actually, I don't know if you remember the shop. There's a uh, a hardware store in the Central West End by the house uh, where, you know, we all used to stay just for the listeners out there. And uh, if you go into the hardware store, I, I don't know if it's Ace or what it's called, but uh, it's just like a little private mom-and-pop-owned uh, hardware store. Um, and if you go inside, literally covering all the walls, pictures of people like, you know, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, you know, Superfly, like all of them, like tons of names, tons of names, yeah. people over the walls. So, you know, that's some literal history that you've got pictures, documentation of like some old head that's got wrestling pictures from at least the 70s, at least the 70s. So, there you go. Right. Right. And so, uh, so, so, so again with your grandpa, man, so he's talking about, um, he was mainly a WWF guy, you said? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I'm sure he could have, you know, routed off any wrestler you knew of. Obviously, Hulk Hogan, when he swapped, he knew about that, so he was watching that. And every now and then, I'd catch him watching something else, you know, see, uh, I guess that was, uh, who was that? Uh, not Sting, the other. Ultimate Warrior? Yeah, Ultimate Warrior and the people like that. And the ones that ended up going to WCW and a couple other uh territories eventually you know he'd follow the wrestlers that he knew but he'd also watch the new stuff on wwf so mm-hmm. like i'd always hear him talking about superfly jimmy snooker and yeah, you my know, favorites growing up 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he'd always pop up with a name that I'd never heard before. And, you know, then he'd go to ones that I knew from when I was a kid, like Hacksaw Jim Dudgeon and oh, of course. Uh, Razor, Ramon, Razor Ramon and uh, uh, Mr. Perfect. That one, that one cracked me up, <laughs> especially after once I got that uh, Game Boy game and Mr. Perfect was on there. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be him. I'm going to be him. And, uh, you know, play. Oh, man, that Game Boy. Which one was that? Was that Superstars? Uh, I think so. You could be Miss Perfect. You could be, I think, Macho Man. You couldn't be Hulk Hogan. Uh, so it was somewhat modern. It was on the regular Game Boy, the one after it was in black and white, no longer the green. So I guess that's the generation. So I guess it was Superstars. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I want to say that was the one. It only had like five guys in there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. All right, so, so, yeah, I see where you, okay, because you had that Game Boy Pocket, the one that actually had a black and white. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you had the OG with the green Right, the brick. Yeah. You know, (laughs) right, but. I always wanted one of those because I like that green, though. Yeah, but that game, oh, it's it's the stuff of legend, man. I mean, just, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, that game was, uh, God, I want to say that game came out in, like, probably 89. So, (laughs) it's had it for a long time, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was good. Well, good for the time. Yeah. Probably never play it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was tough to play after I went back and played it once I got an advance, Game Boy Advance. But. Right. But anyway. So, so what do you say, so um, as far as like, I guess when you're early on watching wrestling, are you getting it mostly from us and like what we kind of put you on to? Are you getting mostly from him or was it a good mixture of, of both? It- it was a good mixture of both because when uh, when I was at the house with you guys, you know, the weekends that we were there, we'd always be p- mostly reenacting wrestling, you know. In, oh, yeah. In, and for lack of a better term, a safe way because nobody got DDT through the floor and couldn't walk anymore. No, of but, course not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, occasionally I'll walk in the room and there'd be a giant metal chair that'd come catch me in the face. <clears throat> Rachel, um, ain't saying no name. <laughs> He was notorious for catching me with a book or some sort of oh, man. Hard, large hard object. Folks, the freezer board butt chair. As folks, I'm sure you're about to get into. He had this big ass, like two and a half, three foot tall Lion King book. It was a storybook with all Disney Disney stuff in it. But Is that it was what mainly it was? The Lion King. I remember the Lion King. And it King was like a front. giant board game. <laughs> I don't even remember when I got it, but this thing was huge. Yeah, that thing was. The mock uh, uh, knockoff chair that anytime something happened, you wanted to get somebody back. You just wait till they weren't looking, and you catch them with that thing coming <laughs> through a doorway or around a corner, and it would lay them out just like you know Stone Cold that just came in the ring and cracked open two beers after he took Vince McMahon down. Like you'd be on the floor. Yeah, that was the gimmick chair, it. man. And then yeah. what was cool about it at that time, we're skipping around here. I mean, you know, um, we're just following the flow of conversation here. By that time, see, all those uh, WWF Full Metal albums were out. I had probably like three of them at that point. And so to yeah. really, really further add to the effect, like he'd wait for him to come in the room. And then as soon as you open the door, you know, like, throw on oh, that Stone Cold oh. theme, so on that glass would break. And then you get hit in the face with that, <laughs> with that yes. book. <laughs> and then and then and then the, everybody starts jumping spectators them. yeah the two spectators either jump in or start cheering like it's a real wrestling match <laughs> next thing you know because we had bunk beds at that time somebody comes flying off the top oh top shit bunk, top rope and you get elbowed in the stomach and next you just gotta lay there because you know you just got handed to you so 
But yeah, that man, was that was a good time. Speaking, I'm of glad what, you brought that up too because when I was talking to Joe the other day, man, um, he wasn't. Um, we didn't bring up like playing wrestling at all. We we're mostly talking about watching it, but you're bringing back all the shit we actually used to do in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was gonna say. And before you get to the one I know you're gonna bring up, that the most classic one involving me, uh, involving a rope. You can get to that in a second. Oh. I'll let you break that news to anybody if you want to. But the one thing that I will say is that it, after thinking about this, because you you know you brought it up to me doing this segment. Uh, it really made me kind of realize where a lot of my influences came from because, you know, my grandpa got me into wrestling and you guys got me into wrestling. And then you guys, especially Joe, got me into the reenacting wrestling, which was, you know, my martial arts influence eventually, like stuff like that. But then I remember watching when DX first came out and they had uh, yes. the band first, you know, play for them for their intro. And that band was Break Against Machine. And to this day, that has been one of my favorite bands. I was actually listening to it on the ride home today before I uh, before I got on this uh, on the podcast. So uh, yeah, I just thought it was had... funny how how much their connections, like their influence, like uh, "Thorn in Your Eye," their intro song. That like I ended up listening to them a lot. Um, Pearl Jam with their intro song. I ended up listening to their music a lot, and I just didn't realize until the past couple of weeks how much my music influence was, you know, motivated by wrestling. Yeah, Go and figure. actually, yeah, you're kind of blurring a little bit because actually, um, Rage Against the Machine didn't do the DX song. It was another, is an in-house band, but mm-hmm. Rage did a cover of it. Are you ready? Yeah, you know this. You think you can tell us what to do? Huh? You think that you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready and bow to the masters. Bring it down. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember the cover that they did, and uh, I remember that they took a couple of uh, scenes from them performing, and they eventually okay. put it in the slides for when DX would come out, especially X-Pac at one point. Uh, I'd see the clips of, uh, what's his name, Zach De La Roca, uh you know, saying the, are you ready? Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something else too, man. If you want to make, you want to talk about Rage Against the Machine, you know that's where Stone Cold's uh, theme came from. What Rage made that? No, um, when he, you know, well, he came to the WWF as ringmaster, and then when he switched to the Stone Cold gimmick, he went to Jim Johnson, who is the guy who did, you oh know, yeah, yeah. thin house guy. He's telling him he brought him a copy of Bulls on Parade and said, "Can you make me something kind of like this?" And so See, there you and, go. Yeah, and That's he one said, of "My favorite wrestlers <laughs> had one of my favorite intros, yep. which is based off one of my favorite bands, which is based off one of my favorite intros." Yeah, and he said, <laughs> "You know, cycle. yeah, that's what he works out to. He works out to Rage Against the Machine all the time. It's one of his favorite bands." Same so here. Go he figure. said, "Bulls on Parade gets him amped." He said, "Hey, can you bring me this? Can you bring me something like this?" He's like, "Now nah, I don't know how he." He said, "This is what he. This is what I gave him. I don't know how he came out with what he did, but it was perfect." So <laughs> right, <laughs> that was perfect. 
you know. But yeah, uh, as far as the, the influence goes, like I feel like it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of the uh, more technical wrestlers like Rey Mysterio and X Pac and you know the ones that were real flashy that me and Joe would like play around with because you know I was tiny and squirmy. And, you know, he's always going to be the wrestler that could completely demolish me. So, like, The Undertaker, you know, Stone Cold, uh, yeah, The Rock, somebody huge is going to knock me over. And I had to be somebody that was tiny, climb on stuff, could get out of, wiggle out of, uh, you know, pinfalls and stuff like that. So, if he's, if he was pretending to be Bret Hart, I'd be, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels. You put me in that leg lock, I'm going to squirm out of that mug and drop kick you in the face and go flying over the turnbuckle. Right. Obviously, in our imaginary <laughs> world, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and that, I was like, yeah, when you said that, yeah, when you said that, it kind of, it kind of uh, made me think about that because you, um, you did always kind of like those uh, cruiserweight wrestlers, or at least um, people who fought with more of a, more of a high flying kind of high spot style. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, like your Shawn I, I Michaels like the fact and your X Pac. Yeah, they, they, I like the ones that had a repertoire, not just, and I don't mean like. Oh, well, these wrestlers get in the ring, they throw a few punches, then they do, like, a couple of their signature moves, then they, you know, beat the crap out of each other. In modern, more modern wrestling times, they get knocked out of the ring, somebody hits the steps. Like, I meant more like, you know, there's a whole ring, and as long as the ref doesn't tap you out, like, call you, disqualify you, it's like, you can use pretty much anything, so why aren't you using it? And Rey Mysterio... He come fly and do a backflip, knee you in the chest, or like land on your stomach, or you know go flying through the ropes and kick you in the face. And it was just like you know that type of stuff. It was just like you know he's using his body to make it work. And you know for the longest time I was tiny, so that was like yeah, I like this guy. I could do that. Right. And yeah, I'm trying to think, man. Did you know? Um, because back then, were you watching a lot of Nitro? Uh. Sort of. My grandpa would watch it. I'd catch it if I went in his room and watched it with him. Uh, we'd have nights where we just did that. And then when Joe got back into it real hardcore and started watching Nitro, I'd watch it with him too. Okay. So it would flip-flop. Some some weeks I'd watch it, some weeks I wouldn't. Got you. Okay, yeah, because uh, we... Uh, it, I talked about this with Joe where he he would watch WCW because they, they did a program... Um, uh, kind of in like the after school hours mm-hmm. during the week called uh, WCW Prime. It was on some some shit yeah, some I shit channel that's not that. around anymore, right? And yeah. the only reason he watched it is because uh, at the time, you know, my uh, parents used to send him home, er, send him send him to bed early. That was back when Raw yeah. came on at eight o'clock. So they sent him to bed at eight thirty. He'd miss half of Raw, like when all the, you know, that's back when they still had squash matches against like the no name guys, yeah, jobbers. yeah. yeah. And so when all the when all the main talent would actually be fighting each other, he missed all the best stuff. He had to catch it on the recap show on the weekend. But yeah, he would watch. Michael Mike, was it Michael Cole? Nah, even worse. Todd Pettengill, if you remember oh, that guy, yeah. he was Michael Cole before <laughs> Michael, like, but, but lamer. Yeah, with that shitty ponytail and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But he um, he would watch that, and so um. Just because there was wrestling on, so he would watch that. He would watch that WCW show, and then he watched WCW Saturday Night, which was on um, uh, like five or six o'clock here on Saturdays, uh, Saturday evenings. You know, so that's how he kept my ear in the WCW, even though we didn't really care about it anymore. And this was like you know ninety five, ninety six, and then the NWO thing happens, 
and yeah, you know, and, and that, that's how that. I found out about it because of him watching all the time, you know, and then yeah, I'd always hear him talking about something, and you know, back in the day, back before cell phones were new and everybody could keep in contact, you know, uh, I'd be hitting you guys up, you know, sometimes randomly during the week. And you'd be talking about something or talking about, like, crazy stuff you guys have been doing during the week or whatever was going on. We're just catching up, you know. And then I'd hear you talking to Joe in the background. And it was usually on the, the odd weekend out, you know, every other weekend thing. Right. I'd hear him talking about stuff in the background. He'd be like, oh, look what just happened. And or then, remember how we had those two. talking about, like, oh, yeah, they just took over this whole wrestling federation and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, What? They took over it like back then. That was unheard of, you know. So yeah. that I was remember, the DX before DX. Yeah, basically. and then also, also, um, if you remember, he would also call because by that by that time I was living with pops, you know. So yeah, uh, so, yeah. He knew, so he was still at my mom. So during wrestling, he would actually call. So we'd all be on three different cordless phones, yeah, talking about the match. Because <laughs> you could do that back then. You could just pick up a phone and be in somebody's conversation. Yeah. Now you don't have the right number. You ain't getting them. <laughs> no house phones anymore. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It was, uh, yeah, interesting times, man. I mean, like, Raw, I mean, that Raw was definitely, um, appointment TV. Now we'll flip back and see what was on Nitro because, uh, I mean, after about a year or so, I got sick of the NWO thing. I thought it ran its course. And, I mean,. They just refused to let it die, and so I just quit fucking with it. Yeah. But I would flip back and forth just to kind of see what was going on, you know. But then after a while, I was like, you know what? Nah, nah, Raw is Raw is it. I'm not watching raw. this other shit. Yeah, Raw, because Raw was more. Like, they hurt you with their intro. Like, you, like it, it's kind of like a lot of shows. I, and I mean, I, I feel like it was more in the 90s because they had intro songs on shows. And, like, now... After the first couple episodes, the intro song is like dumbed down and they cut it off just so you can get straight into the show. Because if it's a regular recurring show, you know, it's like 30 minutes to an hour and people don't have the attention span for that. So they get straight through the song. But back then, you know, you'd hear the theme song to one of your favorite shows, cartoons, you know. Yeah. Programs, whatever was coming on, come on from like the other room. If it was especially since there was only a few channels, unless you had like basic or advanced cable. And you'd come running if you were outside and you knew that was coming on. So, like, I'd hear the Raw is War coming on, like, you know, downstairs while my grandpa's watching it. And I'd go booking it up the steps. i hear, I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm booking it full speed up the steps. And he's got, like, you know, some sort of soda or something sitting out waiting for me. Like the old rainbow drinks or, like, what are those called? Nick Lips, where it's, like, juice inside that little wax bottle. He'd have something sitting out for me and then like some cookies like Oreos or like the vanilla wafers or the weird three uh, Neapolitan wafer cookies. And it'd be oh, like yeah. chocolate, vanilla and strawberry. And I'd go up there and we'd just be watching those and he's eating Fig Newtons and I'm bashing those cookies and we just watch it. And, and like that's what I remember. So and, for me, it was like you know, good times. Yeah, and that came from you also too, because uh, I mean, I used, to, I mean, I would watch wrestling and just be watching wrestling. You're the one who kind of made it a thing where you would actually go get, go get the chips and you know, yeah, pour up sodas and be like, you gotta be wrestling. ready. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, so that became a thing that, at that point where uh, you get the ice ready, get the soda ready, hey, Raw's on, pour it up. You know, you were doing that. You know, so that's why we yeah. all started doing that after that. You know, I, I guess you got that from from uh. 
your grandpa. Your grandpa, though. But and uh, that's kind of like the, from the time that they were from, and I know this for a fact because he'd be like, I remember hearing my mom talk about it not too long ago. Uh, maybe six months ago, she brought it up out of the blue, literally. And she was saying he took her to one of the um, one of the times that he took her to a wrestling match. You know, they they didn't have a whole crap ton of money. You know, and sometimes they'd have good snacks there. Sometimes. Sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they'd have the money. So, you know, they'd wrap up some stuff that they wanted to take. they cook some hot dogs or, you know, gr- pop some popcorn, put it in a bag, have some snacks, have some drinks on deck in a cooler. Oh. And then when they got there, they'd, you know, be watching it. And then when he got home, start watching it on TV, he's like, well, shoot. This is how I used to do it when I went out. Just like going to a baseball game, except you're watching it at home, so might as well. Oh, shit. So, I mean, every black listener can relate to that, man. That's how we do the <laughs> movies. That's how we <laughs> everything. Right? Oh, we still do that shit, man. I'm like, I'm not paying for that, you know. Yeah. $8 for popcorn? Yeah. Most of it's air. Actually, a lot of popcorns they serve. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll do the popcorn, but, you know, a lot of places they serve beer now, but it's no, not beer that I want, so guess oh, what I'm bringing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm going to have. Yes, sir. <laughs> yep. So... But yeah, so hey, another thing, you know what else we used to do because we get ready probably like a couple hours in advance. You know, um, at the time, um, we lived up the street or around the corner from um, the Walgreens. From, well, that too, but uh, after after that, you know, we lived right over by the. Uh, it's a, it was Amico at the time. Now it's BP. Um, oh yeah, but yeah. It yeah. just called. It's just called. We just called it the service station because I just walked. Yeah, my, it pretty much. My dad called it, you know, the service it, yeah, station. It, it, ser- it served all your needs at that time. Yeah, it's like I'm running to the service station, and so that oh, one—that's okay. the only one. I mean, there's three other gas stations right there in the area, but that one is the one called <laughs> that we call the service yeah. station. So, like, well, we gotta go to the service station. We need snacks for Monday Night Raw. So, you know, we go get Sobe, uh, Sobe drinks. Yeah, or, or, Sobe, uh, clearly Canadian. Yeah, Those clearly Canadians. Yep. And, yep. And uh, which they need to bring back. Yeah, they do, and they actually go that tradition. That tradition actually goes back to uh, me and Ray uh, down in the basement at um, my mom and stepdad's house because they used to buy cases of that Clearly Canadian for their uh, lunches and stuff. Lucky son of a bitch. Yeah, they used to buy cases of those uh, those cans. And so we would bum them and stash them to the side. You know, so when Rob would come on, we'd drink different flavors of Clearly Canadian sparkling water, you know. But, um, yeah, they had uh, – but, yeah, we, we put you onto that shit, man. But they sold it in bottles at the service station. Yeah. Like glass bottles. Um. Maybe we get Which that is how like, I got my current fix is the uh, Arizona's because once they stopped selling those, I was like, all right, well, I'll go to Sobe and Arizona's. They come in glass bottles. This is the closest next best thing to a clearly Canadian. And I just got done drinking in Arizona. So that's how bad this <laughs> stuff has me hooked. <laughs> man. But, uh, man, yeah, so man? you – Those hot, those hot you, diggities, man. The, uh, the oh, pup, man. Hot, yeah. <laughs> Man, if you guys, you know, if you want anything that's like a, it, you know that's what? a local uh, brand, knockoff? I believe. It's uh, Old Vienna. Yeah, uh, Old Vienna. But the knockoff to the local, which is, I guess, the knockoff brand everywhere else. But Old Vienna is like classic here. Actually, that was yeah, another Old Vienna snack. and Vest. Yeah, those are like, that was those another are local brands, that you know? my grandpa used to always have on deck. He'd either have the, uh, the uh, what are those called? The Andy, uh, no, I can't think of them. The Old Vienna, they're like. The Fritos corn chips, but they're like barbecue hot. Oh, uh, hot Sundance. Yeah. Oh, he those always the shit. had those. Yeah, he always had the Sundance on deck. And if he didn't, he'd have the uh, the old Vienna 
barbecue, hot barbecue chips, or yeah. he'd have red, the, hot, red hot ripplets. Yes, yes. Because the because the, there is a difference for those of you that don't know. The yeah. red hot ripplets are the ridges ones, and the uh, the barbecue chips are yeah. like the flame potato chip. But, All right, time out, folks. Time out. Okay, so for so for listeners, we're getting totally local here, uh, and we're talking about snacks and stuff. We're kind of off topic from the wrestling, but you got to understand we we're talking about how we used to prepare for watching uh wrestling we used to actually go get the snacks and stuff like that the stuff we had all right red hot ripplets are these and mind you guys i don't want to interrupt but mind you guys this back then for us it was only like two three blocks in any direction to one of the places we had to go but this was a long hard journey for us like because we would spend so much time getting snacks and preparing we'd go hours ahead of time and you know i remember plenty of times we we would go and like spend an hour there or 45 minutes that's because you couldn't decide on shit man hey (laughs) hey hey, maybe maybe so but here's the point that i was making it 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 would be such a a moment of a journey for us that we'd be there and we'd start up aol online that's how old this is and you know it'd still be loading up when we got back oh fuck aol man no we're not talking about that today But, That's a whole nother bash session right there. Oh god. But but so 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 old so uh red hot ripplets are these ridge chips kinda like wavy lays and with a shit ton oh think about like a wavy barbecue lays but with a shit ton of cayenne and paprika. And they are the shit. With with like sweet sugar sprinkled in there randomly. So yeah, it's just like it's bit. not too hot. But it's just hot enough to get you addicted and be like, damn, I want some more. Yeah, so that's Red Hot Ripplets. They are a local classic. If you're ever through St. Louis, get yourself a bag. And then they also have um, Sundance. Same thing, but they're put on corn chips instead of uh, potato chips. So think Frito-Lay corn chips. You know, I I don't know what the popular flavor is. There's plain and... uh, Chili cheese. I guess chili cheese is the only one that's still out now. I remember when that first came out, me and you were like, yes! And now that's like the only other flavor they make. But, uh, yeah, that that's definitely another one you need to try. The, uh, the Sundance. Uh, yeah. That's a classic. I remember eating those for days. Yeah, man. So, all right, so let's bring it back, man. Let's reel it back into, uh, to the show, man. I mean, like, so, so as far as, like, wrestling goes, I mean, what are some of your best memories of it? Oh, man. All right, so beforehand, you asked me to gather like a, a couple lists of my top five yeah yeah we'll do so, that we'll do that when we wrap up but just okay, talking about okay. just the, the in-ring product favorite, the show whatever man favorite memories is for something that you knew was fake i'll say that it was the most believable fake shit you will ever watch in your life like it, it made you feel like there's real wars real dynasties falling apart real real marriages getting ruined by Trish Status or, you know, <laughs> Luna or or what was her name? Sable and Oh man, what was that? Oh uh, Mark Merrow. No oh Mark Merrow. He was ton ton of problems with her. Uh no, I was just I was just watching something the other day and it had her in there. Uh she was back in the time of that, like in between Sable and Luna. And she was one of my favorites. You 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 know which one I'm talking about. Oh, uh, oh Ivory, Ivory, yeah, Ivory. Oh, she was badass. I liked Ivory. Yeah, and she was hot. And too. yeah, like and and that was the thing back then. They could actually wrestle and like, and that was like uh, a short period of time where they could. Like some of them could wrestle, and then other ones they were like, all right, 
you're just here to be hot. Just, just well, puppies, as uh, as King would always say. Yeah. Okay. But, so, t- do you watch today's product at all? Just to bring that up. Uh, a little bit. I've seen a few matches, so now okay. they wrestle a lot better. Oh I'll yeah, re- yeah. Women's wrestling is. I mean, they don't even call it the Divas title anymore. They've just yeah. changed that to where it's the women's title again. They got legit athletes in there now. Way yeah, different. it's not not stuff where Lita and Edge like make babies on stage. I saw that the other day because I was watching the best of. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm when so glad we that? missed out on that shit because yeah, man, like, I'm like, this was really going on. This is some of the worst television. Like, period. Not even worse wrestling. This is the worst television yeah. I've ever heard of. I can't believe this and company is near worse <laughs> is near worse uh, trouble than they are, you know, because right. like, this is it, bad. A ton of stuff. Like, let's not even get into the personal beliefs. Or right. We're talking about stuff it, that we were kind of, but, you know. But good stuff, I'd say. But but back to what you're saying. See, well, well, well let's talk about, let, let's let's tangent on that real quick. Because you're talking about the women back then. Okay, you had, you had Jackie who had yeah. been around for a long time. You had China, who I put China kind of in the Hogan category where she wasn't really a great wrestler, but she just had the physique and the presence to make it believable. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. You had, you had Ivory. What well, I said Ivory already. Um, you had Lita. Lita, Sable. And, nah, Sable wasn't no, She was no wrestler. Yeah, no, she wasn't a wrestler. Um, she, she just got into shit right. a lot. I'm <laughs> talking a lot. <laughs> well, she won a lot, but it was like some of the worst work matches you've ever seen. These, yeah, they couldn't fight. And then you had, uh, you know, Luna. But they didn't. They didn't. They weren't fighting Luna. They weren't using Luna in such. They a didn't way. use her as much as they should have because I feel like she was a better wrestler. She but was. She they just was didn't use her. They used her in that parade she, of oddities. Yeah, and that—that's one that I forgot about. And I freaking loved them because they were so shit, but they were like <laughs> good at being shit. Like they made you love them. And then that's something that I noticed about wrestling fans. It doesn't matter how good of a wrestler you are, how much of the pretty boy fan, good guy you're supposed to be. Everybody loves the heel. Everybody. See, like, well, we loved the heel. We were big fans of heels. That was more of a us thing, you know, really no, until the no, 90s. I, I was, uh, because you brought this up to me. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, doing some research, I was going back and looking at a couple things, trying to refresh my memory on some stuff that I might have, like, forgot about. And Oddities was one that has not come up on all the things that I've looked through. Oddities does not show up. And that's how deep into it we were. We knew, like, the obscure what-the-fuck groups. But, um, yeah, like, the, uh, apparently it's a big thing. And maybe it's a more recent thing. But, like, people love the heel. Like, it's... Well, especially, and I think it happened after Stone Cold because we liked it before Stone Cold. And it was right after Stone Cold came in that people started jumping on the heel bandwagon, where they were like, "Oh yeah, I like The Rock now that he doesn't like anybody, and I like Stone Cold, and I like I like Undertaker and Kane because they always fuck shit up." But like back in the day, the- I remember back in the day before you know Undertaker was always big, but we always liked Undertaker, and then yep. we always liked you know we liked Bret Hart, but we also liked. Shawn Michaels because he was a shit starter. It was like, yeah, I like both of them. Yeah, yeah. See, like we're not just gonna root for Bret Hart because we like him. Root (laughs) for Shawn Michaels because it's like, hey, he's gonna jump off that cage and fuck your shit up. And especially me, you know, on the high flyers. Yeah, but see, yeah, we talking about that because yeah, I mean that's the whole reason why that whole era, that late '90s, was called the Attitude Era because. You had guys like Stone Cold who kind of changed the game where it's like, okay, this guy's healed, but where everyone's cheering for him, we got to make some yeah. changes here. So now they kind of got rid of the whole such clearly defined good and bad and kind of had them, you know, the shades of gray as they called it, you know. Um, yeah. But 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we were, we were we were definitely a family of heel fans, you know. We, <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, they just had better better stories. They were allowed to do more stuff. It just seemed like the, you know, the good they guy was just. Yeah, the good guy was the one that was always manipulating the situation to his to his advantage and getting away with stuff. And the bad guy was just trying to make his name in wrestling, and they just came around and screwed him. So he was like, you know what? Tables, ladders, and chairs. <laughs> I'm yeah, beat your man. ass with all of these things, and the ref ain't gonna stop me because the match is over already. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we said we we're talking about Luna. Yeah, which they weren't using properly, and for that matter. They didn't use Jackie to her full potential either. She did more in WCW and even like you know her the, the other indies that she was in. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, okay, and the Atristratus who was brought in on a you know as a model, you know, eye candy piece, but actually worked and became a pretty a decent wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's her. But um, other than that, everybody else was just they were just models thrown into the ring, and they called that women's wrestling, and it was absolute shit. So. Yeah, uh, you know, so I'm glad they've done a better job now these days. I mean, you know, women's wrestling is actually really damn good. In fact, it's some of the only stuff I care about on on today on today's show right now. You know, <laughs> right? I can't. You know, the kids, the, the girls watch wrestling, and um, you know, I've said this throughout all the other segments. You know, I've I I put myself into it for the last couple of months. You know, between uh, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, just so that I'd have so, so at least so that I'd know what I'm talking about and comparing it to. When I'm talking about today versus uh, yesterday, and yeah. there's certain things I like, but a lot of stuff I don't like, and they're doing wrong, at least in my mind. So I don't know if I could ever get back into it full swing. But uh, the NXT brand, though, is the development. That is that's really interesting. I like that. Okay, I have to get into it. I haven't. Yeah, check them out on Hulu, it. man. All right. Yeah, but uh, uh, as far as other stuff that I really remember, like stuff that was either heartwarming or left a good memory stain, whatever you want to call it. For both good and bad, you know, sad and not. Uh, I'd say when uh, when uh, Owen Hart was wrestling. Oh man, that that was one of the biggest. That was the first time that I really realized how deep into wrestling we were. Because when I found out, I remember when you called me and told me I was at my uh, grandmother's house. My mom and I were staying there, and. Uh, and you called me and told me, you said Owen Hart died. And I was like, what, was that like a gimmick? And you were like, no, he actually died. Like, he was doing the Blue Meanie thing. And blue Blazer. Fell. Yeah, Blue Blazer, that's what it was, the Blue Blazer. And um, the rope fell, and he hit his neck on the turnbuckle, and they rushed him out, and everybody thought it was a joke, but he died. And, like, that was the only time, like, I, you know, there's been times where it's, like, really heart-wrenching when, like, a wrestler retires, a really good wrestler or something like that. Or when somebody gets screwed over, like, with Bret Hart or whatever, that you're, like, really feeling it. But, like, that one, straight tears, dude. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it broke me, man. I, I just, you know, yeah. I wasn't right for a couple of days. And if you and, if you remember that, okay, because that, uh, that pay-per-view was a Sunday. Um, yeah. That was the night of my uh, baccalaureate, which is the pre-graduation. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. graduation was on Monday. So we come home from baccalaureate, and... Uh, for whatever reason, remember that public access channel, the one we used to pick up Worldwide Magazine on? and Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Parisi. And Black Jesus. Oh, Black that's Jesus. a whole... Oh, God. We, you, let's you not go down that road. <laughs> not yet. We're going to have to. Oh, and you I know what? I will have you guys back, back on here to talk about that. Because <coughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, but... Uh, Is your mama safe to stand on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, okay, so... But every once in a while, there'd be, like, some sort of event, like some type of boxing match or wrestling even. 
and it would come yeah. through. It would be all scrambled. You couldn't really see it, but you could hear it very well. Oh, yeah. We made that shit work. We took yeah. the TV, whatever we had to do. You couldn't see it worth a damn, but I remember listening to what was going on while I was, you know, putting away my, uh, you know, the other clothes I had, you know, for that night or whatever and get the stuff ready for the next day. And yeah. I remember, you know, Blue Blazer cutting a promo and then cutting to Jim Ross saying that Owen Hart died. He fell. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so the next day, uh, on you know, after my graduation, I had taped Raw. Uh, yeah. But uh, the next day, because after <laughs> that we had an all night. Yeah, is. like I forget about that type of stuff. Like, yeah. oh man, I put the VCR, I put it in the VCR, but I forgot to have the record set up and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and like missing shows. Yeah. Oh, man. So graduation day, that was Monday night. Um, we had an all night party. You know, it was there pretty much all till like you know. Uh, you know, till next morning on Tuesday. So I get home and I sleep most of the afternoon, you know, till maybe like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I wake up, I turn on Raw, and all it is, I mean, they do the thing where they toll the bell for Owen Hart and everybody's giving um, giving their condolences and memories and all that stuff. And I was just like, damn. I mean, this is my graduation, man. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, Owen Hart's dead. And I mean, uh, and, and, and well, what, what kills me about it, too, is that how much we loved that whole Blue Blazer gimmick. Because you remember Hell how it yeah. started? I am not the Blue Blazer. Right, because he said <laughs> he, he had hurt. Because Dan Severn, who was like, I guess, supposed to be kind of like a Ken Shamrock. Uh, he was another UFC guy who'd come in. Yeah. And he said he hurt his he he hurt him by accident in a match, so he was going to retire mm-hmm. from wrestling because he felt guilty. But then he was coming back as the Blue Blazer, who everybody knew was Owen Hart because he was the Blue Blazer back in the eighties. <laughs> and even Jr. when he come in, like it's Owen Hart, it's Owen Hart. <laughs> and, and, and then he would have the matches or whatever, and he'd be like, uh, you know, denying that he's Blue Blazer. And then Dan Severn come up there, like, who do you think you're fooling? You know, <laughs> he was so pissed off, and then he's like, "You know, who do you think you're fooling?" And then he beat him up. He's like, "You think I'm the blue blazer? <laughs> what you beat him up for?" Like, who gets mad for being accused right. of somebody? They're like, and then you knew you won the match. But Joe, you remember when he had that match against uh, Steve Blackman, and he ripped his mask off? Yeah, and, it was, uh, <laughs> and he ran to put the mask back on. He comes in the next week. He comes back the next week and he's like, "You guys tampered with the footage. It wasn't me." And he's like, "Raw is live. It's a live show. <laughs> it's not me. I don't care. I don't know what you saw." It was fabricated about the book. <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, you know he was best friends with Jeff Jarrett at that point. So he comes out has another match and like, we know that's Jeff Jarrett in there. He's like, "It's not yeah. Jeff Jarrett." He's like, "Well, I want to see. I hope he loses this match because I want to see who it is." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly who it was. Like, and then after he, the match, he didn't know. After the match, he rips the mask off, and of course, it's Jeff Jarrett. He puts it back on, and Owen Hart goes over there like, "Now, I, I'm going to prove a shadow of the doubt. I'm not Blue Blazer. I don't know who." He rips. The, he looks under the mask. Oh, I don't know who that is. And then leaves. And then <laughs> a few weeks later, a few weeks later, he's doing commentary again. And then uh, Coco Beware comes out there in the Blue Blazer. <laughs> he's like, "See, I'm not the Blue Blazer." <laughs> and Jerry, Jerry, Jerry like, who Lawler's do you like, think you're fooling, dude? <laughs> the black and blue blazer. <laughs> that shit was funny, and then he came back and started, you know, started doing another run as the blue blazer for whatever reason, and then that's how he ended up, yeah. you know, you know, coming down on the harness, and uh you know, yeah, that really was, unfortunate. That was, like I said, that was tough. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know 
if I was ever into it as much before or after, like, or if it had an effect mentally, can't really remember. But I do mm-hmm. know that, like, that point, I was just like, damn, like, I know this shit is fake, but that was real. Like, I don't, I don't know how to take this. And it just, it just changed my outlook on it for a while. Like, it, yeah. you know, salted it up. But, you know, on, as far as good things go, you know, there was, uh, I remember, you know, what was that Saturday morning uh, uh, segment that they had? Uh, Mania. Or they changed uh, it, they called it Livewire, I think, at that point. Yeah, Livewire. Uh, so when that first came out, that was when uh, DX took over. And that was one of my favorite all-time things because, you know, they'd be running around. Literally, the first time I see anybody not military or on a cartoon in a tank, and it's these wrestlers right, driving around being assholes. Like, you know, there's nobody at the arena and they're just going around just being dicks, like just to be filmed. And like uh, they're they're in the uh, in the studio. I don't even remember what they were doing in there, taking over Livewire that day, I guess. And yeah. talking to Mike Cole. And he's like, uh, he's like, uh, who, who was it? Shawn Michaels or uh, no, it was it was Shawn Michaels and X-Pac talking in the room and like, hey, you seen Hunter in China? He's like, I don't know, man. He's like, well, where are they? Like, I, I don't know where they nah, are. Nah, it wasn't Michaels. It was uh, Triple H because Michaels was gone at that point. You remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was out. He goes, he goes, he's like, I don't know where they are. It wasn't my fucking turn to look after them, biatch. Oh, that was great. Oh, no, 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 no. I know what you're, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. You know, wrestling was still kind of censored, and they just were like, fuck your rules. No, you're blurring. They do whatever they fucking want. Oh, man, you're blurring memories. You are. When I remember that, they're sitting there baking up. You, (laughs) oh, you you blurred memories, but man, you you brought back, because I I forgot all about this. That was that DX home video. Remember they had a a documentary? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took over the production room, and they'd gone in there and. They'd taken the, uh, they'd taken over there, and so, like, you see X-Pac back there, and he's, you know, off there in the booth, you know, pulling out videos, and he says, it's awfully smoky back there, he's like, duh, what are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, where's, uh, yeah, he said, where's China, and, uh, uh no, no, it was, uh, it was, the outlaws were asking him that, he said, where's, Tri- where's China and Triple H at? He's like, not my turn to look after him, bitch! <laughs> but yo, cause, cause, cause they were pulling out all the footage about uh, DX, you know, past and present. But then they were also showing that footage of, cause that tank thing, they were showing from like where they were, uh, cause they were both in, well, they'd gone to Atlanta. They were in Atlanta, so they filmed them driving around uh, looking for, they were driving around looking for uh, the WCW building. He said, yeah, you know, just like, you know, the WWF play, the Titan Towers, like a big WWF logo, it should be WCW place right here. Yeah, now, wait, we can't every one, every one of those motherfuckers work for WCW. They know there's no... <laughs> there's no <laughs> and you see this little tiny office, like, what, is this right here? Here? This is... <laughs> and they see him knock on the door, let us in. It's like, hey, I w- X-Pac, I want to know I got fired. This guy sent me a letter of termination, that's all. <laughs> and then uh, they start showing the footage from when... Um, because they were both WCW and WWF were on the same uh, well Raw and Nitro they were on in the same there, was it is it Norfolk or s- somewhere in Virginia they were in the same the same Damn. vicinity so yeah. they sent <laughs> so Vince sent those guys up there in that tank to go up there and try to invade the uh, 
<laughs> the arena, and they were actually going to try and get in there on TV, but they got closed up. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a gimmick until they started talking about exactly what they were trying to do. They were actually trying to get in the arena. They were going to go in there, which would have been hilarious. They showed up on Nitro. <laughs> That's fucking... Fucking priceless. Man. Uh, uh, yeah, you brought that. I forgot all about that tape, dude. I just had a power kill here, so I was making sure the Wi-Fi didn't disconnect. Uh, no, you're good. Okay. But, yeah. So, uh, there was that one. And then uh, another DX thing, uh, moment that I remember is when uh, when DX decided they were going to start, like, you know, well, they were always up to shenanigans, but they were making fun of uh, one was Sergeant Slaughter. That one was priceless to me. And then the other one was when they were making fun of, uh, they were doing the parody of the Nation of Domination. Oh, that was great. Yeah. The Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter one, like, that was the most well-thought-out gimmick that I think I've ever seen on any wrestling show. Because they're standing there talking to him, letting him, like, you know, spit his shit all in their faces. And then he's, and what was it, Shawn Michaels? He's like, oh, hold on, hold on one second. And he reaches off into the side into a bag, pulls out a helmet, and puts down the visor. And he's like, okay, go ahead. And then he's still spitting, and they're, like, jumping back, like, flinching like it's all dangerous and shit. He's like, hold on a second. So they grab these two little wipers and put it on the top, press the button on the side, and it starts wiping the spit off. Oh, man. And he's getting pissed, dude, spitting even more. And they're, like, hiding behind each other. Like, that was fucking priceless, dude. He was so stupid. Like, I'd but never you know, seen any gimmicks like that. You know what was so good about that period, though, is that, like, see, because I try to watch now, and they do, like, so much talking. And even back then, I mean, they got to a point where they had DX on there too much or whoever else yeah, was on yeah. there too much just for too long talking. But, I mean, at that, back then, Cause before, the comedic like stuff... You, you, it yeah, was before natural. it was like you you seemed, interview somebody in the back, they say something funny and be gone, and then if you happen to catch them in the hallways, it's like, what are they up to? Because they're in the back. We don't know what they do when they're not wrestling. And then all of a sudden, they're doing crazy shit, jumping people or breaking into somebody's dressing room. But then DX, they're always running around. Like, the whole show's going on, and I'm sure for at least a couple years, those dudes were never in their locker room changing. They were, like, fucking with other wrestlers. Like, it had to have been that way because they had so much footage of it. So much time of them, like, you know, terrorizing people. Yeah, and but me, it was, was just so... Comedy. But it was good, and the talking still wasn't taking precedent over the wrestling, which I think happens too much now. Yes, yes. It definitely. was a perfect sweet spot that I think they're still they're trying too hard to try to recreate now and to not, not much avail. Uh, it's because they, 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 they send their wrestlers to, I don't know, wrestling acting school now <laughs> to try and get it. And then that's something you can't get. Like, for the wrestlers that didn't have, like, what, what you'd call a good stage presence, the perfect way to get them to be, you know, perfect at talking was to shut them the fuck up. And the, the example of that was Kane. When they brought him in, well, I can't think of his real name, but when they brought him back, he didn't say a fucking word for, like, a good year or two. Until they gave him that uh, that vo that voice uh, modulator, and the first thing he said when he joined DX was "suck it," and it was all choppy and suck yeah. Yeah, I and it, that. but it was like the whole mystery of Kane was that he never said a word, and like that worked for him because he would just pop up just like Undertaker. You couldn't take him down for too long, and he'd get up and juggernaut your ass away and go on about his whatever fuck mysterious business. And, you know, shit, that worked. Undertaker had been doing it for I don't know how many years. Barely said a word. 
Yeah, you know, speaking of them, you know, I'll tell you what memory I do have. Uh, you and I, and we had this on. We actually put in put in a tape and recorded this and kept it on tape for the longest. Do you remember when uh, Austin and uh, Undertaker got paired up in a match and they had to fight uh, Kane and Mankind in the yeah. uh, in the Hell in a Cell yeah. right there on um, <laughs> on Raw and they showed up, but then. Uh, yeah, no, no sign of uh, uh, Undertaker. He doesn't show up. So the match starts, and Austin's there by himself, and Paul Bear locks himself. See, he locks himself in the cell, away from all the action. And then Undertaker bursts out from under the ring, and starts beating the shit out of Paul Bear inside. (laughs) And then Kane, and then so (laughs) Undertaker or uh, Austin's beating the shit out of uh, Mankind on the outside. And then he climbs up the cage while Kane is trying to bust in and he can't get in from the top. So you see Austin climb over the top and then everybody's just popping like crazy. And then <laughs> JR, Austin again! Austin again! And then that match goes off the air while they're just up there fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, I remember that when it was going off. I remember watching that part of the video specifically. And I do remember uh, Undertaker popping out of the ring. And like, and then that was another thing that was classic to me was... Uh, some of the gimmicks that they had for certain wrestlers literally lasted generations. Like, The Undertaker from like the 80s and early 90s yeah. was still until he became the American Badass when he quote-unquote got his life back, uh, came back from the dead, if you will, uh, was the same Undertaker. And they could go with that. Like, no matter where you wanted to stick him, whether it was the Ministry of Darkness or whether it was just with Paul Bearer by himself or with the tag team, it was still the guy that if you kick him in the face or you smack him with a chair or toss him off of something, you wait about two minutes and boast, and he's just going to pop right back up with his hand in the casket and drag it coming after your ass and beat the <laughs> shit out of you. And that that is... All right, that's my favorite Undertaker match. Just just throw that out there. When... when uh, who was he fighting? Slammed his hand in the casket and knocked him that out. That was a promo. Just, it was yeah, off the tape, yeah. When he, he was uh, that old funeral <laughs> parlor segment with these two interviews. Yeah, yeah. Interviewing Jake Roberts, and he uh he turned <laughs> he turned face on Snake Have Roberts. A real problem. Now I'm standing here, and you need to tell me something face to face. Just who in the hell do you think you are, and whose side are you on? You tell me whose side are you on? Tell me whose side you're on. Face to face, come on. Make up your mind, man. You make it up. Not yours. Wait a minute. Is this what makes you tick? Is this what you need in life? Is this your cross that you have to have for the... There it is, man. Let me tell you something, though, big boy. I owe you one. Don't turn your back on me. I owe you one. Oh, wait a minute. Look what he did. You blocked it. What did you do? His hand is caught in the end of that coffin. So he locked his hand in the casket, beat him up, and DDT Paul Bear. And he was about to get on the mic and say something, but Undertaker wakes up, and so he beats him up again. 
grabs the mic back. And he gets back up. He's like, oh, you're a freak, boy. You're, you're some kind of freak. And he starts beating him up some more. And then he keeps coming, dragging the casket out of the arena. He keeps and he keeps coming. He hit him with a chair. He chair shots to the head, to the side. He's punching, kicking, all kind of stuff. He keeps getting back up and following. He just eventually just, 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 just retreats out of the arena. And Undertaker's following him out there with the casket. I was talking about that with Ghost, man. That shit was crazy. Yeah, and that's kind of the... Like you said, the sweet spot of wrestling where they had, like, gimmicks that no other wrestler could pull off. Like, you know, you're not going to pull off, like, some crazy shenanigans like you could with DX. Because just at that time, like, people now will go out and make fun of somebody and pull a Kanye and, like, take the mic while they're talking or giving a speech. Because that's just expected. But, you know, DX takes over the show for half a night and pretends to be the nation of domination. And and they got Mark Henry, you know, this huge dude. Like they're making fun of him, all painted, like covered up, got got rocks afro on and all this stuff. And they're like, <laughs> uh, do you smell what the rock is cooking? And then they give the fake Mark Henry the mic. Rock, I don't know what you're cooking. Smells like shit, but I think I'll eat some anyway. <laughs> hey, 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 got to sound like that Albert. It was fucking price. Yeah, man. Yeah, but, yeah. So. So we're talking about some matches. We're talking about some 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 uh, some some segments and promos and stuff like that. Uh, this is all you know. You know, basically throughout the '90s. What was it that got you out of it? Because I, I can tell you what got me out. Um, but oh, I'll tell you right now, the thing that if I had been watching would have got me out of it for sure was when you told me. <laughs> time out! Time out! Time out! Time out! No! 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 Oh, no! 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 Hold on. Because that was after we were out of it. For, yeah, for, I'm saying. Uh, don't, if don't, there don't, was a real Okay, time. okay, hold on. So let me let me tell you this. Okay, and I talked about this already before. Um, I got out of it. I was starting to lose interest anyway. Just I just got kind of sick of kind of the same old and just whatever. I just kind of got bored with it. Uh, and I just felt like they hit a wall with the creative, and I was starting to lose interest. Okay, then WCW goes under. Vince buys them out. You know, buys up their talent and their TV and also like okay. This could be interesting. And then it never really shakes out to be too much of anything. And then on top of that, there's no competition to keep him honest. And so he pretty much put anything he wants on TV. And you can see it right away. And I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm done with wrestling. I'm just, this isn't good anymore. So I stopped. Uh, every once in a while, and, and there were there were periods and cycles where... you where, jump back in. Right, where I jump. No, no, I'm saying even when I was watching, there'd be... There could be three weeks to a month where I wouldn't watch it all and then come back in and be like, okay, I'm back in. or you know, uh, So I would keep checking back just to see if it got any better, and it really hadn't. Mm-hmm. And then this one time, so <laughs> oh, I remember this clearly. Uh, Steve Austin was in the ring, and Stephanie McMahon and some other people were in the ring singing, you're the wind, instead of the wind beneath my wings, they were singing, you're the wind beneath my ring. And I said, wow. this is what, okay, all right. This is happening. I'm out of here. I'm never coming back. <laughs> and so I was telling you about it. I told you about that, which is 100% truth, which is what happened. Yeah. And then I told him the big, one of the best ribs I ever pulled on this guy. I said, and then Stone Cold, he uh he teamed up with Scotty Too Hotty. They're a tag team now called Too Hot Too Handle, like two number two, like Too Hot Too Handle. And he changed his name to Piping Hot Steve. And you were like, you were like, what the fuck? 
and you, I'm mean, you pissed off at what I want. <laughs> and you're like, what about as the stole gold? Some background. I hated Scotty Too Hotty after I don't know when. I, I don't remember when it happened, but I hated him. He was one of my least favorite wrestlers at the time. I don't even know and where Stone I got this Cold from. Was my favorite, and I don't think you knew that I hated Scotty Too Hotty because you weren't really watching it at the time. Well, I knew and Scotty Too Hotty was around, and he was just kind of nobody. I mean, I yeah, didn't yeah, feel but, we was just indifferent toward that whole tag team, but yeah, but. But me and Joe were in it, so like he could have known, but I wouldn't have known that you knew that. So then you bring up this, my one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, and that's just and a name one I of my pulled least out favorite my... wrestlers. And then you say they make this shit-sounding name. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck has happened to wrestling? Like, and I thought that day, like, if there was ever a moment that I would have gone back and watched wrestling, it's passed because you gave me this, and I don't know how long I believe that it was at least a couple months. I don't know you just, where you just let that go, and then one day you were like, "No, it was a joke," and I was like, "Fuck no, you!" I'll tell you what happened because I don't know where. First of all, I don't know where I got that from. Anyways, it's something that just came up with on the fly. So yeah, yeah you pulled that hotty. straight out of your ass. He changed his name to Piping Hot Steve, and they're a tag team called Too Hot to Handle. And <laughs> I mean, we had this guy going for, for for at least a couple of months, if not longer. And then you mentioned something about to somebody at school, and they were like, "What?" Yeah, they're yeah. like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you came, you called me up like, "I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna destroy you." So what is it? Piping out, Steve Austin. There's no such thing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, we're bullshitting the whole time." <laughs> I remember you were angry, and every time I bring it up, I was like, "Yeah, I flipped past wrestling, and I saw piping out Steve in a match." And he's like, "What is he even called the Stone Cold Stunner now? The piping out netbreaker?" <laughs> Because, like, after oh, I wasn't pissed anymore, like, that was easily one of the funniest finishing moves that could have ever come out of, like, a shit thing like that. Oh, God. Like, that was great. The piping hot netbreaker. Yeah. But, uh, if I, if I had to pick when I got out of wrestling, really, was when, uh, when they started coming out with newer games. So, it was probably when, uh, Raw versus, uh, oh, SmackDown. Okay. And, uh, uh, came Smackdown, out uh, around that time, that stuff. maybe a little bit before. The one with Brock Lesnar on the cover. Yeah, and Joe was always still playing. He was at the time still playing the wrestling game. So like, I did you too. Know, I mean, because here's the thing about those wrestling games: it's like you either me, get in really into them or you don't. And, well, and that was the thing. The other thing about them back with Warzone, I was into it. But like seeing you guys play it all the time, and then wrestling not being as as good. And my grandpa at the time was kind of like dying down with watching it. Um, not because I don't think it was so much because he didn't want to watch it, but because at the time, like, both of his eyes were starting to go completely. Right. So, you know, like, he's not watching it anymore. Occasionally I'll catch him, like, listening to something on, like, a Saturday or, you know, playing one of the tapes or something like that. But, you know, more for nostalgia, not because he can actually see what's going on. And at that point, you know, I was in so much other stuff that I just kind of, like, fell by the wayside. I got tired of hearing the same, you know... I'm creating a character wrestler music going on in the background, like for hours. Like, cause I, I'll say this: Joe was thorough when he made a wrestler. Like, he'd be changing colors on like the tiniest detail. For well, it hours wasn't even that. It. He was just so indecisive about shit. Cause he would do that too whenever he was uh, whenever he'd be uh, doing trading on a uh, video game. You know, on uh, like the basketball or football games. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those men do stays in some menus, man. But, uh, and that and that was the thing, and like that was the reason that I didn't get so much into uh, anything besides FIFA or like you know street hoops and uh, well not street hoops. Uh, oh God, he played so much. What was street that hoops. two? What was that 
the where it was just like two players, uh, or two two people on each team. Uh, the basketball game. Oh, like uh, NBA Street. NBA in, in or no NBA, NBA Jam. Oh, NBA Jams. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That back then. Like besides those two, I never really got into sports games because he spent so much time doing that that like it burnt me out on hearing the music. And then I could never get into it to play because that's all he played, and I'd switch it up every now and then. I play wrestling, or I play, you know, my go-to was Sonic. But then I'd play another game eventually. Joe was pretty much like, "All right, you know what he's gonna play when he gets on. If we got a new wrestling game, that's all it's gonna be for the next two months." And <laughs> like to the point that Blockbuster, uh, rest in peace, Blockbuster franchise. Never got Warzone back. Yeah, we talked Never about that, got man. Warzone we got back. that Warzone is probably still down there in the basement. Oh, somewhere. it's in the basement. It's in the basement. Like we <laughs> threw it away and it came back. <laughs> no, you keeping this Warzone? Like I, in my head, I imagine that like they just hired a person to say, "All right, look, if the Millers throw away Warzone." You take it out the trash and you put it back in their house because what was it with they those, never brought that back. What like, was it with those goddamn N64 games? Because that's what happened that copy of Iggy's Wrecking Balls. That oh, kept showing Iggy's back Wrecking up. Balls, the same thing for I, at one those point stupid game. because you, you bought uh, Perfect Dark, I think, didn't you? Yes. And eventually you gave it to me and then I threw it away when I was thinking about getting rid of my 64. And my mom said she wouldn't let me get rid of it because she wanted Steven to be able to play a game. Yeah. Because back then, you know, you buy a system, it was like for everything. But we were kind of understanding that, you know, systems don't last as long as they used to. Right, because I, tra- I traded in mine. Because I traded in mine to get a PlayStation. We still had yours. Yeah. So we just used that one. Uh, and then eventually, you know, PS2, 3. She wanted him to keep that so that uh, Steven, who was, you know, our youngest, so that he would play it. But then I'm like, dude, you know there's going to be other systems out by then. But, you know, I guess to her, she didn't really... Yeah, she, she couldn't have known. That. Like, no, the thing was, she spent she spent so much money on it. Yeah, that's back what I'm when saying. it came out, like, she's like, "No, you're not throwing shit away, or you're not selling shit." I bought this. <laughs> well, yeah, keep no, it, God damn it. <laughs> that was. I, I think that was part of the the reason, but it was oh, also it that totally was. That of, thing was a few hundred dollars, man. And yeah, no, no, we I were, get that. It was so hard I'm to find is, it. But what I'm saying is, like, as soon as Stephen was, you know, old enough to get his own system, like, she jumped right on the bandwagon of trading. Like, it was that she didn't understand the mentality back then of, right. you know, that, all right, games are going a different direction now. Like, they don't wait, you know, 10 years before they come out with a new a new system. Technology is advanced. Like, you come out with a new system, and then as soon as the technology is ready, you come out with a new one. But until then, we'll come out with games. And if we come out with a new system, you know, in the process of coming out with new games, we'll make it for both platforms. Like, she didn't get that. And once you move to discs... Pretty much all the games you had, if they didn't work or you couldn't find them at like at uh, you know slackers or something like that, you you pretty much had to go to an emulator. So that was the thing. But yeah, that that was a bit off topic. But, but yeah, but yeah, because you were it. talking about yeah, because you were talking about the wrestling games. The same thing is, I played a lot of those. I don't buy them every year, but you know, because you can't. I mean, you know, it's just it's, it's like buying Madden every year to me. I, I don't do that because it's the same, too much of the same. But yeah. what's cool about those games, I mean, they're sports-like. Uh, you know, they're presented like a sport. I mean, you know, because that's what wrestling is. But, uh, you know, they're customizable fighting games. That's what they are. And so I can play a wrestling game not knowing who any of these people are. And, you know, yeah. there's quite a few games, you know, especially like the later WWF game, WWE games, where I recognize nobody who wasn't around back when I was, you know, 
I never seen until recently. I never seen Brock Lesnar fight an actual match. You know, I just knew him from the video. You know games. what? Touche. You know what I'm saying? It took me until about <laughs> three years ago before I saw him. Saw I saw fight Brock Lesnar in UFC. And it was UFC. after he came back from the UFC right. that I, I saw, saw him Brock fight. Lesnar fight in UFC before I ever saw him fight in the WWE. You know, so yeah, that's that's how out of wrestling we were. But I'm saying I can play these games because I make up my own guys and then just play the game how I want to and you know go through all the storylines and stuff. And that's what's cool about them. But well, yeah, yeah. So, but but uh, uh you know what? I I know exactly which game it was. That's why it was I know when Stone Cold changed his uh his catchphrase from uh, cause Stone Cold says so to what? And Joe was playing that, and I remember hearing him say, <laughs> "What? What? What? What?" And I was like, Fuck this. "I can't, I can't." Take I remember this. that. Yeah, I like I couldn't take it anymore. It was just it was too far removed from like the nostalgia from when I was a kid and my grandpa's nostalgia that he like kind of transferred to me to this new stuff where it was like it was nothing but a gimmick not like you know that, that, that like you said like some of the smash matches where like a good wrestler or two bad wrestlers would fight like it was actually them taking you know two different types of martial arts of wrestling pro wrestling like you know that you do in high school and college and you know basic fist fighting and then when it came to Mark Merrill you know the screaming and stuff like that and each wrestler had a fighting style and now it's like you know, it's the wrestling style that they go to school to fight with, and it, it just wasn't, it, it lost some of its luster, you know. Like, a high flyer doesn't have the same, you know, grasp at that point that it did, you know, in the 90s, because the guy that was a high flyer in the 90s was a brave motherfucker who either was good at acrobatics or just didn't give a shit. And the two examples of that are, or the three examples of the the, the ones that, you know, were acrobatic was Shawn Michaels. Ray Mysterio or Ray Mysterio Jr. They were both the same thing, really. And uh, the same guy, just depending on yeah. where he was at. Yeah, and um, and uh, who was the other one? And X Pac. But then you get to ones that just didn't give a shit, and you got people like Shane McMahon and Mankind, who would come flying off the tallest thing in the whole goddamn building, go through tables, ladders, chairs, fucking spikes, nails, and the ring. And get up the next day and be like, yeah, I'll do it again tomorrow. Like, I go home and, you know, that was part of Mankind's appeal. He's like, you know, with his intro song or whatever his, uh, on the album, he's like, you know, I, they can't recognize me. I'm a freak. I go home and my kids don't know who I am because I've got so many scars. I'm, I'm mangled. And he wasn't literally that bad. But that was Mick Foley's thing. And it's like, now you can't get that. Like, wrestlers are so worried about being, you know, basically the bodybuilder pretty boy that it's like well it's it's mcmahon man you know he likes it like that now that's starting to change but it's only yeah because and, he, and he it's because he started getting big and he was like yeah it allows you to do more stuff because you know he as a wrestler once he got ripped he was actually able to compete with people like triple h and you know the rock and before he couldn't do that basically he had to be a pussy getting his ass whooped and and as i'll quote in one of my favorite vince mcmahon stone cold moments you made me urinate myself. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't get that. But here's the but here's the thing, though. Now. now, this well, the reason being is because, I mean, what we know about, well, first of all, all their top guys are hurt right now. Yeah. You know, most of their guys missed WrestleMania. John Cena, Seth Rollins. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's like six or seven people who were hurt and couldn't do WrestleMania. That's why they had to put together some bullshit thing about Shane McMahon trying to come back to take control and have him fight yeah. The Undertaker, which they wouldn't have done if they had these guys healthy. So that's one yeah. thing. Two, the, you know, everything we know about concussions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. Daniel Bryan, who was 
you know, one of their up-and-comers. And he had just kind of gotten to, like, world world title status, and he had to retire because he had too many concussions from, from the Indians. And, and, and that, 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 uh... Well, there's this guy, you're talking about the, high uh, flyers? Hold on, you're talking about high flyer. Uh, there's this guy named, uh... Uh, Neville, who's there right now, and he's like yeah, yeah, crazy high flyer. Yeah, well, he just got hurt, and not doing high flying stuff, but he hurt. He hurt himself doing a baseball slide. I'm like, you know damn, what? that's Vince like McMahon final. De- that's like final destination right there. <laughs> you can't yeah, shoot death. When he was pissed that um that I think it was I forget who it was. Uh, it was some match or some something that like two wrestlers screwed up, and Vince got pissed, and he ran out like he stormed out to the ring. And mind you, these guys are like, you know, that's their boss, and he's a serious, intense dude, so they're terrified. They're like, fuck, am I going to get fired? Whatever, you know, that's a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. Did I fuck up the whole show? And they did. They fucked up the show. I really wish I could remember which two wrestlers it was. And he slides into the ring, you know, on his knees and pulled both of his fucking quads or both of his hamstrings. Oh, do I remember that? I don't know if I remember that. It, it was somewhat recently, meaning, you know, around the time that we would have stopped watching. Okay. I know because Kurt Angle was there, and that was around oh, wow. the time we were okay. calling him Kurt Angel. But Because um, <laughs> of Jericho, Kurt Angel. Yeah, and that, that, was, that, that, that was one of the times I wanted to bring up, which was... Uh, Jericho you know, was great back then. Yeah, when... Uh, when I like Jericho in WCW, joined. too. Yeah, when Jericho first came, and they had that whole Y2J thing, and, like, you didn't know when he was coming, and then when he finally came out, and they had his music and stuff, and, and just the way he, he performed was great, you know, like, if you ever, ever, <laughs> and he, you know, he'd string stuff out and piss people off, and then come out, kick somebody's ass, and be gone, like, yeah. them, Benoit, and all them, which, you know, that was another sad moment, like, I was kind of pissed Yeah, that whole, you know... Benoit and uh, Eddie Guerrero. I think that's really what pushed uh, Benoit over the edge, personally. But, you know, it might have been. I mean, because it was only like six or seven months after that he died. Yeah, so. that was one of his best friends in the whole world. So I think that's. Yeah, what I've seen the, uh, I've seen the memorial they did for him in the ring, and I mean, he is just in completely destroyed. You know, tears, yeah. everything. Yeah. So, but uh, going back to the uh, the high flyers, I think. Uh, Shane, as far as not being an actual wrestler, if, if you want to go with people who spent a short amount of time in WWF, WCW, ECW, Shane was the best high flyer because that boy, they said, all right, you got to go out here and you got to show some shit. Like, he pulled out, like, you know, Shawn Michaels style flying over the ropes, like, every chance he got, you know. Yeah. Oh, the truth is, he just didn't have any choice because he couldn't. I mean, he wasn't a he worker; couldn't he couldn't no. fight. Yeah. I mean, you know, he wasn't a wrestler, so he's have him fly, jump from you know, from post to post and jump off things, and then when he, he jumped off that Titan Tron, and then oh, now yeah. and you then just hell, he was terrified. I watched that video <laughs> the other day. Yeah, he, he did like Father, Son, Holy shit. Spirit before he jumped off that. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck it, here I go, <laughs> and it worked. Like, I think he hurt him. He didn't hurt himself too bad, but he did hurt himself. Yeah, and then uh, the same thing uh, at WrestleMania, you know, with that whole bullsh- that Undertaker thing. You know, mm-hmm. he did the same thing. We jumped off the top of the cell. Uh-huh. And it's like... And Undertaker like, moved. Yeah. So he, <laughs> <laughs> so he went right to the table. <laughs> like, yeah, good job. <laughs> good job, asshole. Smooth move, Xlack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But it's interesting just hearing, like, you know, some of your take on this stuff because you were, I mean, even though you and Joey are only a, um, 
you know, about a year or so apart, you know, just 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 shy of two years apart in age. Um, Joe took over, took after us a whole lot more, mm-hmm. uh, just as far as like his interests, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of uh, absorbing a lot of what we were into. Mm-hmm. And you taking a lot from your grandfather, and then just you know some of the just the watching on your own for when we weren't around, and so you hear bringing up guys like Shane McMahon, who you know these are guys. You know, I'm thinking of Rest High Flyers. You know, that's not something I would have thought of, but I mean, it's interesting to hear that perspective on it. You know, yeah, definitely. Because for for me, it was like I, I didn't have the background that you guys had of consecutively watching. You just because, dug you know, the spectacles, like man, look what this motherfucker, yeah, crazy like, motherfucker, gonna do now. And I mean, going back to it, because I said you could bring it up just for this one. I mean, really think about all the crazy shit I've done in my life and then think about the one wrestling incident, the incident that happened, you know, at the old house. What happened with the tight room? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. By all means, go ahead. Tell the story. Now, was this wrestling? Were you trying to wrestle? Or were you oh, just no. trying me to walk the tight Me and Joe were setting up. We were supposed to have a battle. And, like, I thought that the dresser that was connected, it, you had okay. a dresser, and there was, like, a shelf attached to the top of it. Well, except it wasn't actually attached. And it just kind of sat yes, on the exactly. top of this but thing. But I didn't know. There was a, there were screws in there, <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, I can't move this. It's not that heavy. Like, the clothes that you had on there weren't that heavy. So it must be drilled into the dresser, and I can't move the dresser. I am not heavy enough to tilt the dresser. So... I think the dress is heavy enough on the base that it's not going to tilt if I put my weight on it. And that means that the shelf is strong enough to hold my weight. That was my logic. I, I so, did all of my P's and Q's as far as trying to figure out if it was strong enough. I'm like, Joe, we're going to have a match. We're going to have like, a real turnbuckle match. So, as Except it wasn't. You know, this guy ties a, a, no, a jump was rope it, or whatever no, it, it was. No, it was a jump rope. I'm, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. Go ahead, so, man. So... We had the, the bunk bed, which would work as turnbuckles <laughs> and sometimes as ropes or as the top of Titantrons. Right. And it had a little corner on it, so I wrapped a, a really long uh, robe. I had two robes, and I had... Oh, robe, I tied the, one, belt from the, ro- the belt from the yeah, robe. Yeah, I tied one <laughs> together. To, I tied two of them together, and I tied one to the bunk bed, <laughs> and I tied the other one looped through one of the holes in the, uh, in the dresser, and I put my weight on it, and it stayed. So then when he was coming in the room, I was like, you ready? He was like, yeah. And I jumped, I sat on it, and I was going to pretend to do like a, you know, a flying, like, DDT slash, or uh, I guess a flying neckbreaker or a flying stunner onto him. And I sat on the rope, and like the part of the dresser (laughs) came towards me, and then I leaned towards it, and then the part that was on the bunk bed just said, fuck it, and gave way. And then me and the top top part of down. It's not screwed in. Yeah, comes crashing down over my back, and the whole thing explodes in the <laughs> pieces. The And then after I remember, like, the next thing I remember is, like, people yelling. And, like, I was like, well, what the fuck, man? Because here's like, what happened. I was happened. probably more hurt from the fact that, like, everybody was freaking out. Than here's I what happened from our perspective. I got hurt. Our sister, you know, Ray and I, we're in the, we're in the kitchen, uh, you know, which is right next to our, uh, you know, our dad's room. We're in the kitchen talking about something or whatever, you know, drinking soda, whatever we're doing. We're sitting there in the kitchen, you know, chilling. And then... <laughs> you hear something crash to the ground, and you and 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 you are like ah. So <laughs> that pops, was the pops up. He pops up. <laughs> you that. hear the door fly open. He runs. He 
bursts off running down the hall. So we go in there behind him, and we see that <laughs> that that cabinet, you know, that the upper cabinet thing just just smash into a bazillion pieces. You under <laughs> all the rubble, and everything else is iron. And like, what happened in Joe? <laughs> Jody, he's trying to. He's trying not to laugh too as he's saying it too. He's like, he said something, something he's like, rope. he tied a tightrope to the, <laughs> to the <laughs> and he didn't get it out. And <laughs> he saw that you weren't cut or scratched up, and he's like, of all the ignorant shit, and just kissed my ass and walked away with storm back into his room. <laughs> and clean this shit up, whatever. <laughs> clean it up. <coughs> took all the pieces downstairs and then I remember uh, <laughs> we sat him down there for a long time and I remember we were um, I think getting some lawnmowers or something from down there and he just noticed that pile of all that <laughs> from all those uh, remaining pieces like damn I wish he wouldn't have ruined this good wood with his thick head <laughs> <laughs> oh that was classic man yeah he's oh, the king shit. of one liners I'll give him that and see I don't remember it being about rest I'll see, cause I, all I remember now is tightrope because of what he said and so yeah. we just thought he was trying to walk tightrope no no it was it was me trying to set up a wrestling match and, and that's how bad it was like the chair the freezer butt was in there at that time we didn't have the weaver butt we had two freezer butts yeah people alright this is this is inside baseball okay there were two like kinda lawn chairs because we didn't have uh, when we first moved to this place, you know, we only had a couple of chairs in there. So, uh, um, you know, until we got some other uh, stools and ottomans in there, we had like this, this couple of, like woven lawn chairs. We called weave. No, no, no. Well, we had a st- we had a, a an actual metal chair, and because Just of the, the air- folding right folding chair, metal chair, metal. right, right. And so, so because of the air conditioning, it would always conduct all the colds. So when you sit down, you freeze your butt. Whereas we just call it the freezer butt chair. So, so, so we're going to pick seats. Everybody would pick one and yeah. say, ah, you got the freezer butt. So that's yeah. how it became a thing. Yeah, and then and the other then one was the... Uh, the car those, table chairs when my mom came back around. And yeah, that the ended car up table. The and, uh, weave your butt because yeah. it was the same chair. but Yeah, they just look at these like woven pattern. These like, you know, they're car table cheap chairs, you know, with uh, these kind of like woven patterns on it. We just call them the weave your butt. And then <laughs> one of those chairs bit the dust really quick. <laughs> he came in there. Our pops was like, "All right, now y'all tearing up Lee's shit." <laughs> and then she took both those chairs back out of there and took them back with her. <laughs> yeah, quick. Uh, but yeah, so so I had the chair set up, and mind you, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. You had to, I had to be careful around the freezer butt because it was just like the old the old pullout bed at Pam's house. Where I would always hit my elbow on or my knee either on the bed uh, or it on was the window frame. Like religion, we could not go. It was like weekend. You, he must bump something. Yeah, like <laughs> it's, it was just I moved too fast and I I just didn't care about yeah, my surroundings. You, like you, I you knew were, it was there and then it was just like too late. I couldn't stop. For an agile well, motherfucker, you were clumsy, man. You just tripping, no, bumping. No, no, that was the thing. It was me growing into my body, being agile now. <laughs> okay. It, yeah, that's the way I saw it. I was just like, oh, I can make it over this, and then I'd be like, oh, my leg is a lot longer than I thought it was. Oh, my shin. Man. Well, freeze your butt. It was more like it, it had, it had, it was out for blood for everybody, but 
more specifically me because I'd either piss somebody off or be in the wrong place at the wrong time or everybody would conspire to do a wrestling move on me. We come in the room. So I remember Rachel hit me in the face with that damn storybook. I fall that back and hit my head on the fucking freezer butt. And all you hear is <laughs> bing. And like, I remember like, I, I thought I'd gotten that out of my, uh, you know, like it was in the past. Nobody remember it. Joe just one day, we're walking to the store and this is like right after you first moved out. He's like, hey, remember when Rachel caught you in the face squaring your chin with that uh, that Lion King book and you hit your head on the freezer butt? And that was it. Like, he didn't say anything else. He just threw that line out there. And then we kept walking to the to the service station. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, I thought it was behind me. Nah. Freezer butt great. always comes back for one more. That was great. And, you know, and it's funny because, you know, nothing at all to do with wrestling. But I also just remember this one morning where your mother woke you up. Because you had summer school or something like that. She woke you up. And you were like, man, you slept like a log, man. You were like one of those people. It took two or three times to wake you up. Maybe more so on some mornings. Oh, dude, dude. So, remember there was that earthquake here in St. Louis a couple years back? Oh, everybody yeah. slept through that earthquake, though. Nobody yeah, but that's, that that's pretty much me. Like, if the world ends, I'll wake up like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, my old girl Jackie was in Florida for two weeks. And then she's, she, she had texted me like... Oh man, I, mi- I heard I missed the earthquake. I missed all the good stuff. I'm like, you didn't miss shit. Everybody missed that earthquake. That was yeah, Rachel like called me. Three in the morning. Like, Rachel called me. Everybody asleep. I, I think I was off from school that day for some reason. And uh, she's like, all right, is everything all right? I, there was an earthquake this morning. And I was like, I was sleeping just fine until you texted me and called me and woke me up. There was no fucking, I, I didn't hear shit. And that I'm earthquake right felt like someone shaking you asleep. Because I remember waking up a little bit too. <laughs> And thinking I dreamt that, and I went back to sleep like fuck it, you know, like oh, there really was an earthquake, huh? Go figure. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So 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 <laughs> so uh, your mom comes in and wakes you up, and again he's he was sleeping on these bunk beds. He's on the bottom bunk one day. <laughs> he gets up, bangs his head on the, on the top bunk, falls to the floor, <laughs> to the floor from the bed to the floor, and then just lays there on the floor still asleep. It was the funniest thing I ever seen in my life. <laughs> so. You know, and and I know that has nothing to do with wrestling, but it does because you've sustained you you you. It's like you've taken you've taken the beatings of a wrestler <laughs> in the court. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the equivalent of a wrestler. Of Joe, Joe, oh, man. Joe used to sit on my back for hours, and I remember one specific weekend in particular because there was a I don't remember what the name of that show was. Was it High School High or what? And one of the characters' name was Winnie. He sat on uh, my back USA for like High. ten hours. Saying, say show. give up. Say you give up. He had me in like the the, what was it? The tech. What was that ankle hold? The um, the uh, four. The figure four. The the figure four. He had me in the something uh leg lock. He had me in like the crippler cross face. He had me in the full <laughs> Nelson, the half Nelson. Then eventually he was just sitting on my back because he got tired. And he was like, say you give up. And he punched me in my back. And he's like, just give up already. I'm tired of this shit. We go through half the day of that, that show being on all day. Marathon. It's like 2 in the afternoon when he finally decides to like get off me. He's like, say you give up. And I'm like, I do not give up. Like, <laughs> I, I, I take man. That was great. But all right, man. Let's, let's go ahead and wind this thing up, man. We've kind of run. We've, we're all over the place. Oh, great yeah. conversation, man. But, uh. Let's wind this up. So let's talk about that list, man. So uh, your top five favorite wrestlers. And, um, you know, I asked everybody, are you saying this? Is it in order? And, uh, you know, or not? Is, you know, are you saying the specific order or not? And also, how did you come up with it? 
All right. <clears throat> well, I'll say my top five favorite wrestlers. Uh, without sounding cliche, it'd be Stone Cold and Rock, in no specific order, by the way. Okay. Uh, and these two have the same peg because they were around the same time, and literally, depending on the week, I'd flop between the two of them. Yep. So they get they get one spot, one position, and it's both of them. Okay. And um, then it would be Undertaker, right? Because uh, he was always my dog. He, he was invincible. And when King came, basically Kane was like the little brother that pretty much did the exact same thing. Like you could not put him down. So he he inspired a whole another wrestler to be like literally the the polar opposite clone of him. Yeah, good thing too because he had a bunch of shitty gimmicks before that. They kept trying with him and finally got him something that worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say Mick Foley because not only did he have the uh, most okay. characters, but he was literally. The you know he was like the Shane where he had the most ass whoopings the most range you know he had dude love he had cactus uh, what was it uh, yeah cactus, cactus jack cactus jack see I knew him as cactus kind, jack back in WCW Mick Foley, um probably two or three that I'm missing like I feel like there was one other one like if you you know when we were pretending to be wrestlers you could say you wanted to be Mick Foley and you could literally pull out any one of those like yep. you could be like oh because I I want to use Sako so. You're like, oh, well, I'm Mick Foley, so sock! And you shove a sock, a dirty sock down, you know, Joe's mouth, and he's like, ah! And I don't know how that was a finishing move, but it killed him every time, so. Because it was the mandible, he had that mandible claw where he'd dig it, you know, under your jaw, yeah. but then he started doing with the, with, with, with the sock. Yeah, and then that whole thing with the sock, socko, and he's walking around, the rock and sock connection. And, like, he, he was just, you know, all-time favorite wrestler. He was one of my grandpa's favorite. And that, that one will always <laughs> stick with me. All right. Um, so that's three. I'd say probably probably Shawn Michaels. And these are mostly from, you know, during, you know, the 90s, I guess I'd say. It would have so, to be because you were born in 89. It couldn't be well, no, too much earlier. No, but the, and that was the thing. Um I'd say as far as old wrestlers that I watched. Oh, um, yeah. Well, um, the one that I'd probably add up there would either be Jake the Snake, because I feel like he was one of the first wrestlers that I liked, or Lex Luger. Okay. Um, and that's my last my last one on the list. So Shawn Michaels, uh, Stone Cold or Rock, because it was literally a flip-flop. Um, Undertaker, uh, Mankind. And either Lex Luger or Jake the Snake. All right, now, that's a good list. I mean, uh, Shawn Michaels is on the top of a lot of greatest all-time lists, you know, for a lot of reasons. Uh, Undertaker oh, yeah. as well. In fact, uh, I think I've, I've seen the the WWE documentary of their top fifty. Yeah, and he's I, definitely in the top. Five. Yeah, he's in the top five. Yeah, it's a, I think the five exactly was Bret Hart, Stone, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, and then Shawn Michaels. So I am their media. They should have just came to me if they wanted a top fifty list. I could have told them. No, oh, well, <laughs> nah, there's plenty you wouldn't have thought of. This stuff way before our time. Oh now, shit! So. I thought of Shane, and they wouldn't know. Well, no, they didn't. But I mean, you wouldn't know, you know, how influential someone like Luthez or Gorgeous George, yeah, all oh, these yeah, guys are. You know, what I'm saying that's and, what that is. They they I, go deep. And I'd say there's some other ones that were a little bit before my time, like oh, plenty. Ramon or Lex Luger or. Uh, I mean, not Lex Luger, uh, Ric Flair, that wrestled again yeah, while Flair. I was coming up. But it right, was, right. It, Flair is like, one of my favorites. I didn't yeah. have him in my top five only because 
see the way I put my the way I put my top five together was you know who did I tune in to see, you know, yeah, yeah, and exactly. see by then Flair was around, you know, in WCW and then he went to WWF and then back to WCW. Um, then back to WWF. Well, yeah, but by then I wasn't watching them anymore, but because oh, yeah. that was like 2002, I was done by then. But uh, see, it, but Flair's best years to me were like in the 80s, which is mm-hmm. stuff I didn't go back to until after I started looking at tape and looking at you know documentaries yeah. and stuff like that so um so i so i didn't put him in there even though you know he's one of the best promos of all time he's definitely one of my favorites of all time you know just going like that but it, it, you know the whole idea by asking all you guys these lists wasn't to find out who you think who the greatest of all time are it's like who are your personal favorites so yeah of course, of course. yeah yeah all right so then uh so what about music then oh man that's hard uh, I know there's one that you're probably not going to even remember, but it was definitely from the album, Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, I always loved that music, and I don't know why. It was just it, it was an odd one, but it stuck with me, and that was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I definitely would have picked that one. Wow. Yeah, it, it was just it was just it was because it was one of the first albums you had, and it was something that I could listen to all the time. And eventually, you burned me. First, you copied me a tape of it, then you burned me a CD. And right. Yeah, there were. I, I could listen yeah. to a lot of them, and it was like that one, um, any of Undertaker's stuff. Got to the American Badass. I hated that one. Yeah, see um, those uh those 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 uh CDs. Yeah, those are some of the well. Yeah, that was, I think this, the album actually came out in '95. I didn't end up getting it till like almost a year or two later. Yeah. By the time they had the second one out, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so those are the first two I had. So I you you know whenever you had your uh you know your disc yeah. man or whatever else you had to play CDs, you know you would always bum that off me because you know yeah uh I'd say. DX Break it down DX okay for obvious reasons <clears throat> um I guess Stone Cold say that the rocks was my favorite when they did uh it was like uh it was either mystical or exhibit one of them no, uh no, no. mystical or you talking about the the rap version yeah 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 that was method man do you smell what the rock is cooking I smell it yeah 
Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Smell it. Come on. Come on. Do you smell what the yeah. rock is cooking? Yeah, finally the rock has come back Laying down the smack on you monkey crack Candy coated axe Enter the squared circle with the great one The most electrifying moves Don't touch the station Children and their children They all chant with the millions upon millions of rock fans Get ready for the square dance Here's your chance for a can of ass whooping From the people's champ If you smell what the rock's cooking Yeah, Method Man That one And... Those are my top five, and I'd say an honorable mention would have to be the oddities because it was so goofy coming out. We didn't lie to you, folks. We told you we had living, breathing monstrosities. Everybody comes to the greatest show, and like they had, who was that? ICP. ICP. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, dumb diddy dumb, get your ass out the way, cause here we come. Like it was just fucking hilarious to me. Uh, and they come out there, and the I forget what the fat dude's name was, but he had that uh, that uh, Cartman doll, and he'd be oh, swinging it up. In yeah, the air. you know who that was under that mask, don't you? Cartman. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Earthquake. Oh shit! Dude. But the thing is, he lost so much weight, so he wasn't really intimidated, intimidating as Earthquake anymore. So they just put a mask on him and made him retarded, basically. <laughs> right, that's the way to go. Well, it worked. Uh, uh, kind of like Viscera <laughs> when they made him silent uh, after he came back. Uh, Viscera was pretty intimidating, and they also he was also part of the ministry eventually. So yeah, well, like, that was definitely a better use of him because before that, I don't know if you remember when he used to come out with the bright colored. Uh, puff pants and they were they oh, were yeah. a rap group called men on a mission yeah yeah I remember that. <sighs> oh god that's why i said when they brought him oh back. <laughs> <laughs> man honestly most of the wrestlers that uh that revamped themselves after uh the nation of domination did a lot better after the nation but the nation was dope back when it was a thing because uh, for rook and bradshaw they were a dope ass tag team yeah the rock definitely stepped his game up of course he was less of a pretty boy more of a badass uh, who am I missing from that? Uh, uh D'Lo Brown. D'Lo. Mark yeah. Henry, Godfather. Yep, all of them. Uh, Godfather came a clown, but he was fucking great. You, you want one of my hoes? <laughs> and see, that's the thing, because Godfather, you know, all his gimmicks before, he never really spoke much. You yeah. know, because Papa Shango was scary as fuck, but, you know, that, that, that gimmick, you know, came and went, you know, after a while. Yeah. Uh, then he was Kama, and that character, I mean... He was supposed to be I like I barely some, remember that. I remember the name. I don't he, remember the man, that. It was a real low point. You know, this is like maybe the mid nineties and then he came back for a while in the nation as Kama, but then it's changed to the Godfather. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that you know, he was supposed to be like this real tough badass fighter. You know, but that's what his character it. was, but I mean it's never really anything impressive in the ring and his whole character was just silent and didn't really do much and so when they finally let him, you know, act a fool, it's like, okay, this is now you know yeah, let's see his that. personality, you know. <laughs> he was a fool. He was fucking yeah. hilarious. But, uh, 
Normally, I would just offer you one of my hoes. But I think I'm going to just beat your ass. <laughs> you know, yeah, there, were few, <laughs> there were a few matches like that where, you know, he'd say, well, he always offer the hoes. But there's some matches where, you know, he'd be pissed and like, you know, normally I'd offer you my hoes, but we're going to have us a wrestling match or whatever, you know, whatever he would say. <laughs> you want one of my hoes? <laughs> what a what a way to smooth over a fight! Like I want to fight you. You want to you want you want running my random hoes? I got I got about ten of them. And they came. They used to have like two of them, and then they came like you know, like he every city he came with like, like five and six of them. Yeah. But uh, and then I think you asked me about tag teams. Yeah, no, I asked about tag teams. You know, um, if you were gonna connect into the, uh, you know, in with the. Uh, Top five list, you know what I'm saying? You can you can include tag teams if you want to. Okay. But I mean, but if you got so if you got something to say about tag teams, go ahead, man. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, especially around the time that um, what was it? Uh, the TLC matches started. I'd say that those were three of the most successful tag teams that like lasted a long time and like had a lot of popularity. Yeah, that's because um, they killed off tag teams, man. You know, but yeah, back yeah. when you were. Young, Tiny, yeah. you know, they had a tag team division, which they're trying to do again now, but, I yeah. mean, they didn't really have dedicated it, tag teams anymore. Yeah, and as far as that goes, I'd say uh, Road Dog and uh, Badass. Of course. Yeah. Um, Crash and Hardcore Holly. Um, and it was because uh, Crash was, well, the Hardcore King at the time. Like, they didn't really do at least... There was maybe one fighter before him and Mankind that did, you know, a lot of hardcore stuff. But he was the first one that would just, like, come down to the ring with, like, a fucking shopping cart worth of shit and literally go shopping on your ass and beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> um, and then I'd say uh, uh, Triple H and, and, and uh, Shawn Michaels were a good tag team. But, like, it was more that they were part of DX. And then once DX split, they... They weren't really a thing anymore, so I, I wouldn't consider them. But um, I'd say all-time favorite, Rock and Sock Connection. Because they hated <laughs> each other's fucking guts. They hated each other. Well, Rock hated Mankind, and Mankind loved fucking with The Rock. He'd just come up, Rock's, you know, saying something to an announcer or giving an interview. And all of a sudden, Mankind just comes out of nowhere talking with the sock in his face and shit. And he's like, fucking get this asshole out of my face. It was just, it was priceless. You couldn't beat it. Man, you know, that, that happened with, with Foley a lot, too, because you remember when, um, uh, I think Austin and, you know, because remember when Austin, when he first really started getting hot, you know, and he wouldn't, he never trusted anybody. He wouldn't, like, yeah. basically the only people he ever eventually even called a friend was uh, Foley and, uh, and JR. Everybody yeah. else was shit, you know, yeah. but somehow he and Shawn Michaels had ended up in a tag team match and won the titles and mm-hmm. Shawn might in I think Shawn had gotten hurt and he was off TV for a minute but I think in the show like he had stunned him and then just left him and he said fuck <laughs> yeah, that was but he had to defend the belts and you know so <laughs> like you win a match with him saved his life he'd shake your hand and as soon as he shook your hand you knew that stunner was coming <laughs> right and so I forget I forget what pissed him off one time but he was in the middle of the ring there's like ten dudes around him, and you just you can you can smell it coming. You can cut it in the air. You're like, there's about to be a lot of stunners handed out in a second. And like, I don't know what triggered him, but like, he just goes around kicking people in the nuts left and right. And it's just stunner after stunner. After a while, the people were diving at him, 
and he was just catching them and doing stunners like, nah, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, who's next? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the well, he, had, he and Shawn Michaels had won the belts, though, and like, he needed to defend the titles. He didn't want to do it, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Mankind kept wanting to team up with him. And he was on the Titantron saying, you know, hey, I want to be, I want to be your partner. I want to, he kept, he's stalking this guy. Like, you want to be his partner. And then he's like, he's <laughs> like, like, I don't want to fuck with Right. He was like, oh, I need no freak with no ears watching my back. <laughs> right. He's like, I never asked for Shawn Michaels out here shaking his ass. What am I going to do with you? So, <laughs> so I got to find that. That was a good one. And then he's yeah. like, oh, I can shake my ass. I got a nice ass. He's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And I'll give it. I'll give Stone Cold one more, uh, one more last uh, send off before before you you know we we part ways or whatever. I, and I think you'll agree. One of the best things you've ever seen in wrestling was when the whole. I guess they weren't the corporation yet, but the whole corporation group is standing in the ring celebrating some shit, and Stone Cold drives out there in a fucking beer truck and just starts spraying <laughs> down the ring. And as though there's not enough beer on the ring, he cracks open two buds and just <laughs> houses them and right. flicks everybody off and then proceeds to whoop ass. And I was like, yeah. That was when uh, he was spraying with the hose and, and, uh, <laughs> and McMahon's on the ground like acting like he's trying to swim through it or something. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. that was, yeah. That oh, was, what that a was mess. one of the best times in, in, in World Wrestling Federation Entertainment history. Oh, man, I'll tell you. Man, it's got to be <laughs> Great times, man. Well, uh, Nelson, yeah, thanks for coming through, man. Glad we got to yeah, uh, link up and do this. Um, like I told the others, uh, we'll definitely have to have you guys back on here uh, another time to talk just, uh, you know, other topics, man. Just some random shit from back then. Definitely you know? other topics, and especially on Worldwide Magazine. I'll, I'll go all day about <laughs> some some black, black Jesus. Yeah, we will, you know, then a whole topic about Black Jesus. I think we can go for several days on that. But, uh, oh, probably. Oh, uh, man. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, man. But uh, thanks again for coming through. All right. No problem, man. All Catch right. You. See you.